Gate family, welcome to the Fire Pit with Evan and Caleb. We are looking at Squad Up Week 3 today from the GROW curriculum, so thank you for joining us today. Uh, Caleb, I have a question for you. Hit me with it. Have you ever been a part of a team that did something totally epic? Yeah, yeah, I have. In fact, when I was looking at this lesson originally, I had a story that immediately came to my mind. So, grew up here in Nixa, went through school here, was in band, uh, and was in marching band in high school. And my senior year of high school, my class in band, we decided that we needed to pull off an epic prank against the entire band and the band directors. Gotta love pranks. Right. So we ended up going... We made this plan. We listened to each other's ideas to make sure it was the best that it could be. And we decided we were going to fill the band room with balloons. Like, the band room is huge. Fill it with balloons. And we also had these massive um, pool floaty whales. Oh and other like the ones you blow up? Yeah. Oh boy. The ones that, like, you pass out when you're done because you've yeah. been spending so long filling it with air. Yep. Uh, we had lots of those and other sea creatures, and we were going to fill the band room with all of those. So we, that was our plan. We got together on the weekend one night, all of us, and we decided, you know, it's still light outside. Let's go ahead and we're going to meet at Taco Bell, get some food. Good place to start. Always a good place, but we all have like some black face paint on because, you know, we were into it. Oh, yeah. And while we are there... All of the band directors come into Taco Bell. Oh, boy. Right? So they walk in, and there's all of their senior band class with, with black, face paint yeah, on. black face paint, and they're just looking at us. And all of us are thinking, who spilled the beans and told them what we were going to do? That's great. Uh, turns out no one did. It was just pure Super luck. ironic. Wow. But we had to make sure that none of us talked to the band directors alone uh, because we might have accidentally spilled it. So we always had to go in partners or groups when we were talking to them. Mm -hmm. But eventually they left. We went to the band room and we stayed there for about four hours with all of us blowing up balloons. We filled the band room. It was like a couple feet deep in balloons wow. with these giant pool floaties hanging from the ceiling. And then the next day, everyone walked in and was just shocked. Like, it was a crazy time. We pulled off this epic thing, and we couldn't have done it, except for the fact that we were working together as a team. That's wild. Yeah. That's super cool. I just rambled on about that, but Evan, do you have a story when you had a team that did something epic? Uh, kind of. One of the first things that came to my mind as I was thinking about this was a, a youth retreat that I went on. Um Basically, we, you know, we spent all weekend kind of hanging out at a campsite and doing those kinds of things. Well, the, the pastor came to us and he said, okay, guys, we're going to go on a hike today. Um, shouldn't be all that difficult. A couple miles, whatever. Yeah. So we go on this hike and we realize this hike is straight up a mountain. And it wasn't just a simple hike. It was steep and rocky and it was a tough, it was a tough climb. The only way that we got up there a lot of the times we were holding each other's hands and <laughs> crawling up this hill together as a team. Really? So, oh, yeah. It was an extremely difficult climb. How many of you were there? 
Um, well, we started with 15. <laughs> um, a couple just kind of walked out right away because they, you know, right. for different reasons. Yeah. By the end, there were about 10 of us that had fully climbed up the hill. And about halfway, there were times where we wanted to give up. I mean, yeah. it was it was a tough climb. And the only way that we all made it up there was because we encouraged each other and helped each other get up there, right? Um, and it was so worth it because when we finally got up to the top, it was the very peak of this mountain. And you could see 360 degrees all the way around, three different cities. It was, it was insane. Wow. It was a beautiful view. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, it was quite an accomplishment to, to get up there. Yeah, sounds now, like it. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Now that's so that's an epic thing, right? But no team is perfect. So Obviously. what's the time that you were part of your team and things didn't go as planned? Ooh, yeah. So I immediately the story was also a band story. Okay. Fun times happened in band class, right? They did. We were at a marching competition in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and we had our show down really well. We all knew what we were supposed to do. We worked well together. But this day, we failed. Oh, no. Like, big time. We were not communicating with each other. We were not paying attention to each other. I will never remember, never forget. Not never remember. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I will never forget how when we started our show the whole band came in at different times. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be this massive first note that is supposed to knock people back in their seats. And it was kind of more like, blah, 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 blah. And it didn't do didn't, what it was supposed to do. No, and it just got worse from there. Oh, like, it was the only time throughout all four years of high school marching band that we did not make finals. Wow. We failed because we couldn't work together as a team we couldn't communicate we couldn't pay attention we weren't looking out for each other wow. needless to say no one was happy we argued with each other about it past blame mm -hmm. tried to figure out who was really at fault there uh and it just made the situation as our team very stressed it wasn't a good wasn't a good time oh, yeah. what about you have you ever had an epic fail with a team um i I did. I, I played volleyball in high school. So on, I grew up on the East Coast. My high school team had a, had a boys volleyball team. And my sophomore year, I made varsity. Okay. It was pretty cool, pretty exciting. Um, and our team was pretty decent. Um, made a, a very successful season, made it into the tournament. And uh, the second game of our tournament, we played a team that we had beaten before. It was perfectly fine. But in the middle of that game... Uh, we began to let pride get the best of us. Uh -huh. And our egos got the best of us. And it affected how we played. And, you know, volleyball is a very much a team-focused right. sport. No one person can carry the whole game. So very quickly, things fell apart. And we ended up losing that game and got knocked out of the tournament. Mm -hmm. So for a very successful season, it was a really, really rough way to end that year. But oh, and that was the that, that was, was the, the that was the final game oh. of our season, and we we could have gone you know all the way to states had we kept our heads in, but because we lacked uh, communication, because we kind of got prideful and focused on our ego, we didn't work as a team, 
and didn't accomplish what we had set out to do, which was go all the way to the, the championship, you know? Um, it's, it was a tough, it was a tough loss. We had to kind of pick ourselves up the next year and, and start, start fresh. So, um, yeah, man, some, that stinks. Yeah. So that happens sometimes, especially when you're playing sports, because right. there's always, you got a balance between, you know, your, your abilities and mixing well with the team. And I think that's how, you know, God kind of has a vision for the church of that, right? Yeah. Is we all have our own strengths and we all have our own um, key things that we do. But in the end, we need to work together as a team um, of Christ followers, of Jesus followers, in order to be the church. And even though we're not perfect, God's family isn't perfect because it's made up of imperfect people. But it's that's the way God wants us to work together in a team is to, for us to work together in our respective areas. Yeah, definitely. And I think you hit on it a little bit, but, and we've kind of talked about it the last few weeks as well, is that while it would be great if the church functioned as that perfect team, a lot of times it doesn't. A lot of times Jesus's followers turn out to be very judgmental or rude or unforgiving or hurtful to each other, which makes us look like a very dysfunctional team. Yeah. But I can also tell you that there have been many times when the church and God's family have come through for me. Like, I attribute most of who I am today due to the team that I had in place around me at church, oh, due yeah. to the people that I grew up with, due to the coaches, the people that were older than me who poured into my life because they felt that need obviously you're right we're not perfect we're never going to be perfect as this family yeah but there is good that can come from god's family mm -hmm. i like how paul really does stress this family this unity idea in the book of ephesians now we've already looked at ephesians 1 and ephesians 2 we're skipping over ephesians 3 for now but me and Caleb both encourage you to go home and read Ephesians 3 if yeah, you have definitely. not already done so. Um, this week we're looking at Ephesians 4, but do you want to give kind of the, the recap of what's happened these last couple yeah, of weeks? Yeah, sure. So if you were here and just kind of listening the last few weeks, you know that in chapter 1 of Ephesians, Paul already talked about how the church is God's family and everyone is invited. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you look like, sound like, talk like, doesn't matter what you eat. Everyone is invited to be part of God's family and part of the church. And then in chapter two, we talked about how we can forgive and make peace with each other, just like God has given, forgiven us and made peace with us through Jesus. I remember the big theme from week two was we do for others what God has already done for us. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really, really cool. So in chapter three, um, well, sorry, chapter four. Yeah. Um, we're looking at how can we work together? How can we grow together as um, followers of Christ in God's family? Yeah. Um, so where do we start? Well, I think a great place to start is in chapter four. Obviously, verse one's always a good place to start. Oh, yeah. This verse, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So this is this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's defining himself as a prisoner. 
which is a interesting, an interesting way to go, especially since we've been talking about families the last couple of right. days. Yeah. And especially when we think back to chapter one, Paul introduces everyone else. He says, you are God's holy people. That's his introduction to everyone else. Yeah. And then his introduction for himself is, I am a prisoner serving the Lord. Yeah. Which, it's not meaning that he is stuck. He has nowhere to go. It's meaning that he is chosen to, that is what he's going to do with his life. He has put those boundaries and those walls around himself to truly serve God. Yeah. Granted, I mean, there are times when he is a legitimate prisoner. Well, yeah, he... Very often it got thrown into prison if you follow Paul's life story. Yeah. But it's interesting how you say he put those walls around him to do what God has called him to do. And that's his next sentence. Yeah. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So he understands that he has a calling. But also every other person that he's writing this letter to also has a calling. And he's challenging them to live a life worthy of that calling. Like the things that Jesus has called you to are so big, live in that calling, live inside of that, that purpose that you have for you. Yeah, and he actually then lays it out pretty straightforward, those next few verses. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, he says this, Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And that's that's his big point mm -hmm. that we've been looking at. Binding ourselves together in unity with peace. We yeah. are one family and we are connected to each other as one family. And we're peaceful about it, right? We're, yeah. we're going to disagree. But Obviously. there can yeah. be peace in disagreements mm -hmm. so long as we understand that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, definitely. And then Paul goes on after that, we if we skip forward a little bit to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, Paul talks about the things God has given to his church in order to help us continue to build those relationships, build that unity like in peace. Yeah. And he says these gifts are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Okay. That's a lot of things. Let's let's dive into kind of what each one of those are. Yeah. Just to kind of get an understanding of what exactly Paul's saying here. So the first one he says is apostles. Mm -hmm. Right. Now I, I think of apostles as um they're the front line, right? Yeah. They're the people who are gonna go out first. They're the pioneers, if you will. Um the lesson here says that they drive new efforts and create change. I love that idea. We always need people looking beyond looking forward and starting new things and starting change yeah definitely those people that get out of their comfort zones mm -hmm. and get others out of their comfort zones right i was going to say that's one of the great things about you joining this team evan is it's very easy for me because i've been here forever to be nice and comfortable in my own little bubble yeah and you you don't know what the bubble is <laughs> no idea so you are always coming up with like, hey, what if we do this? Hey, tell me this is a crazy idea. What do you think of this? And you are driving new efforts and working to create change, not just in a change for change's sake, yeah. but positive, mm -hmm. God-growing and loving change, cool. which is what those apostles 
were doing. They were that driving force for the change that God wanted his church to be in the world. You think of Paul the Apostle, and his literal goal, his mission in life was to take the gospel, which had originally focused around the Jewish people, and he's really the one who started it going across the globe and across the Mediterranean. He went to places that the 12 disciples never would have gone to. Right. Um, and, And we see Paul as like, the apostle going to places like Rome, like Ephesus. Uh, he wanted to go to Spain at one point. Mm-hmm. So his really was driving new efforts and getting out there. Yeah, definitely. But it's not only the apostles. Like True. God listed, not God, Paul. Well, God through Paul listed these other gifts and all these gifts are people. Mm-hmm. The second one he listed was prophets. And prophets big part of God's plan, especially in the Old Testament. Basically, the majority of the Old Testament is God speaking to his people through the prophets. If you know the Old Testament books, the entire second half of the Old Testament is all prophet names. You got Mm -hmm. Jonah, Habakkuk, Hezekiah, right? So many of them are prophets. And when you read their stories, what do they do? Right. Well, Really, what they do is they present God's truth to others, especially when that truth is hard to hear. Mm. That's one of the things about the prophets of the Old Testament is that they are constantly giving bad news. Like, it's not a job that probably anyone would want. Like, it's very much a, hey, I'm telling you things you don't want to hear. But it's necessary because that's what God has called them to do. And God's message needs to be told even when it's not popular. Yeah, I, I, I like that prophets also, the truth of God isn't just bad news. It is often bad news in the Old Testament. Right. But there's also a hope attached to it. And I, I like reading the prophets are so blunt. They're, they're the people who are going to call you out for yeah. the things that you do wrong and the things that you mess up on. But they're also the people who will be there to give you hope and encouragement that, hey, this is where you're at right now, and it's not pretty, but there's something better for you. Yeah, that's true. All of the prophets in the Old Testament, they tell the truth bluntly and honestly, but they also point towards God's future, Mm -hmm. which that future comes to pass in ways through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, which is really what the evangelists are there doing is the evangelists are spreading that good news of Jesus wherever they go. And they're doing that in a really compelling way. Oh, yeah. These these are your missionaries. Mm -hmm. These are the people who have a a passion for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ to other people. And you're right. The Bible, both Old and New Testament, all point to Jesus Christ. Evangelists are kind of like, if you've ever ever been on on a plane, Right, the exit lines that are pointing you towards the exit. Yeah. Evangelists are the lights that are pointing you towards Jesus Christ in life. Yeah. Right? And they're always finding new ways and, and intriguing ways to point out the gospel to other people. Yeah, definitely. So we have the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists. And then the next one we have are pastors. Now, Pastors is one of those words that we all know what a pastor does, right? There, we got three of them here, Phil, Sarah, and, and Dennis, right? Amazing people. But what exactly are pastors supposed to do? Yeah. 
And I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. I think a lot of people think of, especially our pastors, as, well, Dennis prepares a lesson and he teaches it on Sunday. But all of the pastors do so much more. And they did at the time Paul was writing as well. These are people that provide care. They provide guidance and they provide comfort to others. It's way bigger than just preaching. Preaching at times is part of it. Oh, yeah. But that care, guidance, and comfort, that compassion, a lot of times comes from pastors. Mm -hmm. And I think we also need to understand that there's something different between the title of pastor and what Paul is talking about here, right? Sometimes me and you have pastoral gifts, right? Whenever we're we're helping out, um, you know, the students that we've got who are struggling with something, by providing the care and the guidance and the comfort, we are acting as the pastors to them. But it's not just us. Students can be pastors in their area, right? When, When friends are struggling, when they see someone who's maybe by themselves, they can be the 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 guiding hand for those for their friends yeah. and for the people around them. Yeah, definitely. So we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and then the final one. My personal favorite. Well, then say it, Evan. I they're, they're teachers. Teachers. They're teachers, right? And teachers are amazing because they take everything that the Bible says and everything that all the other people say and they apply it directly to your life, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that I like about teachers is they make it okay. This is what you do now. And and I think that's so important because it's not just, you know, it's not just how we think about God. It's okay, now that I know what the Bible says, how do I live it out in my everyday life? And I think that's so important for students who are still learning who God is and what yeah. they what God has called them to to really live it out every single day and how to do that. Teachers are the ones who are going to describe that and and share how to do that. Yeah. And shameless plug here, uh, Evan and I are both looking for amazing spiritually gifted teachers to join our volunteer teams. Oh yeah, Um, we got Sunday school lessons that need to be taught. So if you have a passion for students and want to share your experience and how to do that, come join the squad, man. Yep. And so pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles, all of those things are great and important roles, and they're important for God's family. And the first time I read those things, I was like, okay, I don't know if I fit into one of those categories. And I think a lot of times when we are first listening to it, whether it's me, you, or whoever is listening to those categories, we might not think there's a place for us in God's family, hmm. a God's squad, based on those categories. But here's the thing. There's going to be none of us that are naturally gifted in every single one of those categories. And there are going to be some of us that are amazing prophets and just subpar pastors. Some people are very good at the truth, not very good at the compassion, not very good at the comfort. So these things, it's not that we don't have them and then we will never have them. They're things that we can work on and develop there are also things and reasons why we need a team oh, yeah. so that we have other people who can fit those roles. It's, I mean, it's kind of like you were saying, I feel like I do bring an apostleship kind of spirit to things because I don't really know what the box looks like. And I, I can have a new vision of things. You are an amazing prophet and pastor, <laughs> right? You will tell me if something sounds dumb and you speak the truth very clearly. <laughs> 
but you're also caring and compassionate and you're willing to find new things. I'm not the best at those two things, but it's our skills coming together that really create a really good team. Right. Yeah. And that's true. I am very good at being blunt oh, yeah. about things. I've that that comes naturally to me. The past pastor one, the providing care, comfort and guidance. That's what I have to work on. Yeah. Especially because I know I come across very blunt. So I have to kind of compensate for that. Yeah. But I think you're right. We make a good team because we bring different gifts to the table. I would also say that you bring a great gift of evangelism as well. Every conversation that we have, you're also trying to focus it back to Jesus, which is always important. But it's the fact that we're together that we have more of those gifts for our team. Yeah, And we don't need just one of us in those roles. We can have a team that has lots of different pastors, oh, yeah. lots of apostles, evangelists, prophets, teachers, all of those things. It doesn't mean that there's only one person that can fit that role. We can have lots of people on our team that all do those things. And I think it's important to understand that like for those who are listening, you're going to fill one of one or two of these spots, but you're going to have friends who fill in the gaps, mm -hmm. right? And even in that situation, as you live life, which you, I feel like it's hard to see this as a, as a young person, but as you get older, you begin to realize the impact that your friends have on how you grow up because in the end, you grow together, right? Oh, and, definitely. And you are affected by the people around you. And that's the way God has designed it. He's designed us to be social people who help each other out and who grow together. We're not supposed to do life on our own. Right. We're supposed to do life with people, with friends, um, growing together. Oh, definitely. I think that's one thing Paul tries to get across very well is that this church that is being formed at the time that he's writing to the church in Ephesus is one that needs to grow and needs people to work so they can grow together. And part of that comes with a lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. He continues in Ephesians chapter 4. This is verse 20. Well, starting in 21, he says, Since you have heard about Jesus and you have learned the truth that comes from him, setting the stage there, hey, you know this to be true. Then goes in verse 22, since you know all these, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I, I love the way Paul says this section. I don't know why. I yeah. just love it because it's, it's he tells you. Listen, your old self is messed up. Yeah. And it's a great reminder of what God has saved us from. We talked about that a little bit last week of how God has set us free from sin and sin is separation. Oh, yeah. And he reminds us. I think he, Paul likes to say that. Hey, you were really bad back in the day but because you've heard the truth and you know it's true. God has made you a new person. He's renewed your mind. And then he says something interesting as well. He says, now that you've been renewed, Put on the new self. Yeah. Right. And that's something you do every day. I mean, every day you put on clothes. Right. Right. It's important to realize that even though we are made new through Jesus's life, death and resurrection, we also need to every day take time to put on that new self and live it out in our daily life. Oh, yeah. When we let Jesus transform us from the inside out, we have to continue making choices to become more like him. Because ultimately, our goal is to grow to be more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
And to do that, we need to speak the truth. We need to control our anger. We need to be generous with our things and our words and grow in compassion, kindness, and forgiveness. Like, so when we talk about this growing, this growth, we're talking about two things, growing in closeness with Jesus, but also growing more into his image. Mm -hmm. So we want to grow closer to him and grow to be more like him at the same time. And going back, we can't do this alone. Right. Right. We need the team to do that. And when every member of God's family does their part, we'll find ourselves growing in faith. I Mm -hmm. think that's the coolest thing. When we work together as a team, oftentimes you won't notice it until, you know, months down the road when you look back on your life and you go, wow, I've grown into a new person. And I do look more like Jesus than I did yesterday, than I did a month ago. Right. And that's an encouraging thought because we can see how God's family really has had an impact on our lives. Oh, yeah. When we're alone, we can only go so far. I think, especially with your story of hiking up that mountain, you said you had to literally rely on each other to get up. Mm -hmm. If you were alone, you would have only gone so far, but together you were able to make it all the way to the top. And with God's family, when we are together, we can all grow together much farther than we could have gone if we were alone. And that's how God's designed it, especially being a part of his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing together. And I think we recognize that, like we've said many times, we're not perfect. Right. And we find that the best opportunities to grow often come through the hardships that we face as imperfect people. Things like when we disagree or misunderstand each other, oh, yeah. uh, when we get angry with each other. Maybe one person in our friend group is making poor choices. Um, maybe one of us, we see each other pulling away from God or God's family. Yeah. Or they seem distant. Or maybe someone's just hurting. Maybe they've lost a loved one. We've had a lot of that happen in our church recently. Yeah. Um, there are people who are hurting. Oh, always. And those are opportunities to to grow together as a family, to come alongside each other and help each other to know God better and become more like Jesus, both closeness to God and become more looking like God. Yeah. There's a lot of hurt going on. In this world, I don't know if you've actually seen this. There was a recent study that just came out that was saying that high school students, well, students and young adults throughout this whole COVID process, about 25% have experienced thoughts of of suicidal nature, um, thoughts of self-harm. A quarter, like one fourth of people. That's a lot of that's a lot of hurt, and that's on a huge scale, not yeah. to mention the individual we, hurts we face all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity in ways that we can reach out to each other, but also continue to work and grow closer to God together. Yeah. So, so the teacher in me wants to give some practical advice. Do it. For actually doing that. Right? Do it. We've talked about growing as a team, but I'm sure there are people thinking to themselves, well, okay, Evan, Caleb. How do we do that? Well, number one, you got to be real with your squad, right? You have to be open and honest. In order for a lot of the times, people don't know you're hurting until you open up to those people, right? Right. And that involves building trust. Mm -hmm. But building trust means being open. And to be open, you have to build trust. So it's this kind of game you play um, between those two things. But it's so important to be open because when you are open, then we can 
come alongside and help you grow from it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's very hard to grow if you have not exposed the things that you're hiding. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like there are plants that when they need to grow, a lot of times you have to transplant them. Mm -hmm. You have to move them from one place where they aren't able to grow into another. But to do that, you have to uncover their roots. Mm -hmm. Take them from a place where they were hidden and in darkness and move them to a place where they are out in the open so you know what they need. And I think a lot of times for us to grow, we have to do that with our squads. We have to uncover what it is that we are intentionally trying to hide or mislead others away from and expose it to the light so everyone can see what it is that we need. Yeah. And we find that when, I think it's important that when we're the most vulnerable is often when we see the most growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's really important to know that. So be real with your squad is number one. Number two is learn with your squad. Okay. Right. So you got to talk. Yeah. You gotta share. You gotta you gotta do new things. Sometimes you gotta argue. You were in debate club. I was right. So when you debate, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about getting to the truth of the matter and figuring it out from other people's perspectives. Right. Anyways, so learn- part of it also was for me to win. I really well, wanted yeah. to win. There's always but- you know <laughs> debate yeah. team as opposed to debating your friends. Right. But just learning how to interact with each other so that we can know more right i don't know it all you don't know it all oh yeah and we don't know it all and we all have something to teach each other Mm. there are things that i know that you don't oh yeah i've learned that that a lot the last (laughs) couple of weeks there are things that you know that i don't true and when we are in close relationship with each other we can help each other grow in those areas oh yeah Mm -hmm. definitely so be real with your squad yep learn with your squad yep Add to your squad. Okay. Right? Tell we, me more. We talked a little bit about this one in week one, right? Where we were inviting people into our squad. But it's so important to not just invite people that we're comfortable with, but invite people we're not comfortable with to yeah. our squad. Because the more viewpoints we have and the more people in our squad, the better we can teach each other. And the more trust we build and the more open we can be. So adding to our squad uh, does so many things not just counting heads, right. right? But it also allows us to to learn and grow better. Oh, definitely. And there's always something, I think we're at, we'd be at a very sad place if we thought to ourselves, there's nothing else I can learn from anybody. Oh, yeah. And I love to learn. Like one of my spiritual gifts, I would say, is wanting to learn more like I have a desire to always learn more and that comes from the more people I add to my squad because they always teach me something new and especially if they're not like me yeah I learn things that are brand new that I would never have hoped for before oh yeah so be real learn with your squad add to your squad and I think the most important one is stick to your squad okay find those group of people You've got their back, they've got your back, and you hang on to them. And the people who might be pulling away, you pull them back in. Oh, right? yeah. Make sure that um, you have your squad's back mm-hmm. and, and stick. To, be committed. I think in, in our culture, it's hard to stay committed to something yeah. because things happen so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you can really find that group of people and you call them friends and you call them brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, I have I have two brothers, and they will always be my brothers. No right. matter what happens in our lives, they will always be 
my bros. And it's one of those things where when you make that commitment to stick to your friends like that, then your squad really begins to shine and you really begin to see growth in that. Oh, yeah. But I think one way that we really can stick with our squad is if we set goals, set goals for what our squad looks like and what it can accomplish. Another thing is praying for each other. That's one thing that will separate our squad from other squads that the world throws at us is the fact that we are setting goals together and we are praying for each other. Mm -hmm. Because that's really how we can continue to grow together is if we put Christ at at the the center. center. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to know that we can have squads inside of squads. Oh, yeah. So like we have have the youth squad, Mm -hmm. right? We're the family ministries team and Really, me, you, Amber, and Abby, we all cover all of our students, and we love all of our students. Right. But at the same time, you've got you've got Spark and Ignition. I've got Fusion. And inside of that, there are our students who each have their own individual friend squad. And so it's important to know that if anyone needs prayer, if anyone needs some help setting goals, what that even looks like, you know, they can come to us as well oh, yeah. to do that. And, you know, we've got leaders in place, or we will soon have leaders <laughs> in place. Another plug, if you're a leader and have a passion for youth ministry and, and children's ministry, we need your help. So uh, come on down. But yeah, we're excited to, to partner up, set those goals, pray for each other and grow as a family ministries team and, and group of students. Yeah. And we have one more week of squad up after this which i think is a great place for us to start the year talking about our squads because if you build a great squad that's going to be praying for you that you can be real with that you can learn with that you can add to and that you can stick with man you can just continue to grow in your relationship with christ and grow so that you look more like christ at the same time And we can do that best when we are growing together, Mm -hmm. which I think is really, really important. I I think also it starts with families, right? And one thing that COVID has really done is it's really brought families together. And when you're not able to leave the house, the only people you got are the people who live at home. Yep. Um, And I think people forget that first, the place that we find some of the greatest growth is in our family. So mm-hmm. don't forget to spend time with your family. Yep. Yep. And then grow from there. Connect with your friends, connect with your youth group, do all of that. Definitely. Okay. Well, Evan, this is our longest podcast yet so far. Awesome. So I feel like now's probably a good time to end it. And then next week we'll continue picking up and we'll finish off squad up. And so what that looks excited like. to see what that looks like. Yep. Again, Thank you all for joining us at the fire pit. If you have any questions, comments, stories you want us to hear, prayer requests you want to send our way, you can always reach out to thefirepit at aldersgatechurch.com and we would love to hear from you. I think that's it. Caleb, close us out. Okay. Well, everyone, thanks for being here. One fun thing that you didn't see is Evan's head just started bleeding during the middle of this. He has a bloody paper towel next to him. Always a great time. You never know what's going to happen here at the fire pit. Uh, And with that weirdness, I'm going to sign us off. See everyone later. Bye.